Shemini Atzeret, right, which the Torah tells us is the, the holiday of the, uh, the eighth day holiday. It's not even clear. Is this really an addition to Sukkot or is it its own individual holiday, right? So the custom normally is that we do something called Simchat Torah, right, which means the, the joy, the, the, uh, the Simcha, the happiness of the Torah. What do we do? On that day in Israel, right, what we do in Israel, where it's only a one-day holiday, that happens on Shemini Atzeret. Outside of Israel in the diaspora, because it is a two-day holiday, the custom is that on the second of the two days, we have this experience called Simchat Torah, right? And what do we do? We finish Divarim, right? We finish the entire Torah. We make a Siyam. And then we begin, right away, we begin Breshit. Right? Does, does conservative do that? I mean, I guess... Yes. Yes. Do they do it every... Years? Pardon me? Do they do that every three years? No, no, every year. So we just read the same the same portion every year that would that be appropriate. The last even, portion of, last portion of Devarim and the first of Breshi. Even if you haven't finished it. Yeah, I know. I, 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 oh really? That's interesting. Oh. Okay. I believe because because the, the Talmud tells us that the Mishnah tells us that they actually used to have two different customs. One custom was that they would take three years to read the entire Torah, mm -hmm. and one custom was to take one year to read the entire Torah. So it seems like the, the place where the custom was to finish every three years, they, they would make their Simchat Torah would be every three years. It would not be every year. But I guess it is more fun to do it every year. Now, my daughters asked me, why are we celebrating Simchat Torah Right, this joy, this see him. Why are we making this big see him, this big event, this happy thing where you know the kids love it? They get the candy and they get to dance at a typical year. Why are we celebrating this on the final day of Sukkot? So I said, What day would you rather celebrate it? Right? You know, that's any good Jewish rabbi knows to answer a question with a question. So they came up with three different options that would be more applicable. So one option would be for Rosh Hashanah. Right? Rosh Hashanah is the beginning of the new year. So that would be the most appropriate time to be finishing the Torah and beginning the Torah again, particularly because the events described in Breshit happened in such close proximity to Rosh Hashanah. Okay? Another option was Shavuot, because Shavuot is when we get the Torah. So Shavuot would be an appropriate time to, to start the Torah and finish the Torah each year. And the third option was Pesach, because Pesach is when we first become the Jewish people. And all three of these options are discussed by the commentaries up to and including uh, a commentator, uh, the uh, Lavush, or Mordechai Yafi, who lived in the late 1500s, early 1600s. And he asked this question, why do we celebrate this great dancing and this great joy of finishing the Torah? Why do we celebrate it on Simchat Torah, which is Shmini Atzeret, right? The final day of Sukkot. Why don't we celebrate on Rosh Hashanah? So the answer that many people give is really based on a Sfornu. So the Sfornu, you have to back up a step over here. What exactly is the holiday of Shemini Atzeret? And what are we celebrating on Shemini Atzeret? When we think about the different Jewish holidays, we are normally commemorating an event that took place either in Jewish history or in world history. What are we celebrating on Shemini Atzeret? What exactly took place then? Okay. So the, the Rashi, the, the biblical commentator, brings down a famous Midrash. And the Midrash says like this, the holiday of Sukkot, it's really a universal holiday. It is a holiday celebrating all of the nation's connection with God. What happens is God says to the Jewish people, I want you to remain with me, right? So what it, it's picking up on, the Midrash is picking up on the fact that the word atzeret, 
it comes from the root atzor, which means to stop. So what it means is like this. God is saying to the Jewish people, it's a, a king who's making a party for all of his friends and all of his courtiers, and everybody comes to that party, including his family. And what he says is at the end of the party, after a couple of days of feasting, in this case, eight days of feasting, he tells his favorite son, I want you to stay with me another day after everyone leaves. He says, why? Because it's very difficult for me to watch you go. So therefore, I want you to stay with me another day. So what is the word Shmini Atzeret? come from? It comes from Atzur, remain with me one other day. It is painful for me to watch you go. Now, the problem with this idea that Rashi is expressing is, well, if it's painful for God to watch us leave, people who don't like goodbyes, you know what they do? They skip them, right? If you don't like a goodbye, you don't prolong that goodbye. You just don't do it at all. You say, we're not going to do any big goodbyes. I'm not going to hug you. I'm not going to kiss you. We're just going to say goodbye quickly and get it over with because it's painful. But God says it's painful for me to watch you go and therefore stay with me another day. How does that solve the problem? The Svornu, Rabbi Vajda Svornu, the early biblical commentator, explains that the way in which we make up for this problem is that we take that day and we say to ourselves, we are now going to be separated from God on a, on a certain level. There's a connection with God that we have developed throughout the month of Tishrei, begin, the Hebrew month of Tishrei, beginning with Rosh Hashanah to Yom Kippur, now to Sukkot, it is all about connecting to God on a very deep, very meaningful, close level. And now we're going to be going into what we call the long winter. It's a long winter in a very physical sense, right? The winter begins now. It's also a winter in the sense that there are no biblical holidays for the next six months straight until Pesach. It's the longest stretch of year without a holiday. Traditionally, the custom is to say, Aguta Vinterin, which means, obviously, a good winter. And when do we start saying that? We start saying that on Matzei Sukkot. So we're going to be entering into this time period where we're leaving behind that close relationship where, where, we're, where we're dwelling in the sukkah that represents God's loving embrace of us. Right? We're going to be leaving that behind. So how do we keep that connection to God? The way we keep that connection to God is by reading the Torah right? and reveling in the Torah because the Torah is really when God speaks to us. So you want to keep that relationship with God alive. You want to keep that relationship with God growing. Then the way to do that is through connecting to the Torah. So it is by far the most appropriate day to celebrate the Simcha of the Torah is going to be on this day that it remarks the end of the cycle between us and God, between the, this close relationship between us and God. Now this year, Simcha Torah was not the same as it was. Avadia, you probably remember what Simcha Torah was like in, in Israel as a kid. Right? Was it a lot of fun? Very nice. So, lots of, um, ula, very nice. Ula, how do you call it? The, the, I don't know. I don't even know how to say it, but you know what I mean? The, you can do it or no? It was, it was very good. It, it was very good, right? Very good. So, so Simcha Torah was like the, the, the favorite holiday of, of children because it is such a fun time. Everybody is dancing. There, there's a tremendous amount of joy. It's unbridled joy and enthusiasm. You see these elderly men jumping up and down doing a kazatska, right? that normally you can't imagine that they'd be able to do such an action. My Rosh Yeshiva, Reb Zalek Epstein, Zecher Tzadak Lebracha, may his memory be a blessing. He was born in 1914 and learned in Yeshiva Sumir in Poland. He said that the happiest day of the year for the Yeshiva Bacham was not Purim. Purim was not the happiest day of the year. The happiest day of the year was Simchat Torah. Right? There was an incredible joy and enthusiasm. It was palpable. There was a sense of camaraderie. You danced together in circles. Now, that was not there this year. 
So in our, in our show, we had five individuals who had the Torah and they walked around the Bima in a very sterile way, six feet apart, right? Everybody wearing masks. Everybody else just stood in their seats and almost no singing at all. Now, this is not the first time in our history that we've had a Simchat Torah that was not exactly the Simcha, the joy that it normally is. So I go back in time to the survivors Simchat Torah. So in 1945, it goes a story and the story goes like this. There's a fellow, A.B. Rottenberg, who immortalized this story. A.B. Rottenberg is a singer and a songwriter. And about 15 years ago, he came out with an album. And in this album, he describes this event. He's going on a plane from New York to Chicago. And he's sitting next to an elderly Jew and he sees, he's flying by himself and he sees that he has numbers tattooed onto his forearm. So he says to him, can I ask where you were, what you were doing in New York? So he says, well, I went to a wedding. So he said, at your age, respectfully, it's difficult to travel. I, you know, it was not in great shape, but it's very difficult to travel. You would be excused to not go to the wedding. So he said, let me tell you something. After having gone through everything that Hitler did to the Jewish people, when we're able to say that we're still standing, I will not miss that opportunity. And then the fellow says, let me tell you a story about what happened to me in 1945. The story goes like this. 1945, after the, the camps got liberated, many people went to TP camps. Many people you know, made their way to America, to Israel, to Australia. There was a small minority that thought, you know what, let's try to go back to Europe and let's rebuild in Europe. This individual was from the town of Vilna in Lithuania. And he also thought, you know what, let's try to rebuild in Europe. He went back together with many others to the town of Vilna. And they go back, they get there a couple of days before Simchat Torah. And they realize it's, it's going to be time for Simchat Torah, we have to celebrate. So they make their way to the synagogue, right? This beautiful, not anymore beautiful, but the shell of what was a beautiful, very large synagogue in Vilna. And they make their way. And they're all ready to celebrate these broken survivors. Most of them have no family left behind. And they come into the synagogue and there is no Torahs, not one. There are no siddurim. There's nothing. There are no holy books there. And they're kind of at a loss. They're ready to celebrate, but they don't have anything to celebrate with. Someone has the idea. There were a couple of young children in the crowd that night. So you know what we're going to do tonight? We're going to pick up those kids and we're going to dance with those kids because those kids represent the next generation and the next link in the chain. We're not going to have the Torah, but we're going to have the Simcha. Now, the epilogue to the story is, is almost, it, it, it's a, it gives me goosebumps when I think about it. There's a fellow, Abe Foxman, right, who was a former head of the ADL back when they were still doing good work over 40 years. And Abe Foxman said over a story to a student of his, said when the war began, he was a young child and his parents had to leave him when they were getting deported. So what they did is they brought him to a to a friendly Christian neighbor of theirs. And they left him with this friendly Christian neighbor. Four years later, his father makes his way back from the camps. His mother did not survive. At this point, little Abe, little Avrami, right? Avramalek was no longer Abe, right? But he was now a, a nice Christian boy. And his father comes back. He's trying to figure out, what am I going to do? I have this nice seven-year-old son who doesn't remember me. And he does not think anything about Judaism. And Judaism is this, uh, in Yiddish, you say, chishmetered, right? It was a completely broken down, what Judaism is. And we go to the synagogue, it's going to be compared to a beautiful, magnificent church that he's been used to going every Sunday. How is he going to bring him back to Yiddishkeit, to Judaism? He says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to bring him to the synagogue on Simchat Torah. 
And on Simchat Torah, he'll get to see, you know, something. He'll see the joy of Judaism. He'll see the happiness of Judaism. And indeed, they brought him to the synagogue on that Simchat Torah, that faithful Simchat Torah. And Abe says, I walk in there. There's nothing. It doesn't look anything close to, you know, the edifice that, that the church is. But what happens is they pick me up and they put me on their shoulders and they dance and dance and dance, just holding me on their shoulders the whole night. And they gave me such a sense of joy and such a sense of it's great, it's wonderful to be Jewish. That from then on, I committed to become fully committed and fully connected to the Jewish faith again. And I left behind the Christianity that I had. Now, the, the postscript is that this student of his tried to find the people who had danced with him in Vilna. And he was Googling to see if the story existed. And he found this A.B. Rottenberg song from 15 years ago. And he actually had a reunion. Abe Foxman with the elderly fellow from Chicago, they actually met up again, you know, 60, 60 probably five years after their initial, initial encounter in which he described how, you know, the reason why I became who I became and did so much for the Jewish people is because of that incident when you guys picked me up and put you on your shoulders. So that was an incident in which we had a Simchat Torah without the Torah. We had the joy. And that was what was passed down to the next generation. However, we did not have the Torah. Right? And I think to, to a certain extent, when we look at, we look at um, A. Foxman, A. Foxman did, did tremendous things for the Jewish people. He did not have a, a, a Jewishly observant life. He did not have a connection to the Torah in his life. I think a year like this, when we don't have the social aspects of Judaism and we don't have the camaraderie, we don't have the, the bonding experiences that Judaism normally leads to when we can do things together, right? What we're, what we're left with, what we're stripped down to is the connection that we have with the Torah. I think when we ask ourselves is, what are we giving over to the next generation? What are we giving over to two generations from now? Well, the answer is what we can give over is the connection, that special connection that each and every Jew has with the Torah. And I think that was... For me, at least, that was the message of Simchas Torah. One, one final thought. The, um, the number seven symbolizes completeness in Judaism, right? As we know, Shabbat is seven days of the week. We know the holiday of Shavuot comes seven weeks after Passover, right? To symbolize the completeness, but that is sort of the culmination of Passover experience. The redemption from Egypt is to get the Torah. Yesterday, Simchas Torah was seven months to the day from when California went into full lockdown. So to me, at least, there's a sign there that it's the culmination of us recognizing that the only thing that we have left from Judaism, we don't have the cultural aspect so much anymore. And we don't have the social aspects anymore. And, and in our synagogue, without the social elements, what we found is that many people don't come back necessarily on a regular basis. And we have to recognize that we still have at the core of what makes us the Jewish people and the core of our secret, of our survival, which is the connection to the Torah. I think we all have to recognize that. And I think we have to try to build on that and, and continue what we're doing, continue our growth, continue our growth in Torah learning and, and in mitzvot observance.